Hello, everyone. After a few attempts, I finally was able to get this next guest on, and I was so excited about it. Her name? Elizabeth Gresher. She is a licensed mental health therapist, adjunct professor, and yoga teacher who believes wellness should be accessible to all. Liz believes yoga provides flexibility and strength for the mind and body. She aims to provide students a safe space to practice yoga, leaving class feeling balanced both mentally and physically. There's so much more to say about Liz, but I'm going to let her do that. I hope you enjoy the following podcast interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Body and Mind Strong podcast, where we talk all things life, fitness, and health. My name is Renee. I'm your host and integrated health coach. The Body and Mind Strong podcast was established to help others create a healthier, happier, stronger self. For more information, please follow me on YouTube and Facebook at Body and Mind Strong. You can also find me at www.bodyandmindstrong.com. I hope you enjoy the following podcast. Boop. All right. Hey, all right. We are recording. How are you, Liz? Doing great. Thanks, Renee, for having me this morning. Yes. I'm so glad we finally got you on. It's been, I'm going to take one of these out. The echo thing drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> but I still need to hear you. Um, it's been a couple months since we have trying to get this going. The first time kind of just blew up in my face. So I'm glad I got you back on. I'm excited about this. And like I said earlier, the reason I brought you on is because you've actually are on a similar path as I am. So I'm excited to see how you got to where you are today and all that. So first, how is going, how's it in Washington right now with all the um, shutting down in the gyms. I'm hearing about the gyms. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in lockdown until December 16th. So while we have some things open, like grocery stores at 25%, gyms are shut down on the military bases, at least the one near me where I work on joint base Lewis McCord. It's only for active duty soldiers and then very restricted hours. So I was teaching yoga also at several locations and that's all gone away Off as page. well. Yeah. Okay. Because there's no more, you can't do classes where before we could have classes at five so they can record and then broadcast, but even like yoga classes, um, fitness classes have been shut down. Ugh, rough, rough. So, all right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, like um, where you got today, like the counseling aspect of it. If you don't sure. Sure. So I have a master's in counseling um, psychology. And so I'm a marriage and family therapist and a licensed mental health counselor. And I can't believe I've been out of school almost 11 years. So I started and I always tell people this. I started with an associate's degree, not really sure what I was going to do. Then went to school for my bachelor's, took a few years off and worked and then went to get my master's. And my family was the ones I thought about going into nursing that sort of pushed me in that direction. And I think it was a great direction to go as it's opened lots of doors for me, but it definitely wasn't something that I had considered early on um, in life. I was thinking more about nursing, but mm -hmm. I'm really glad I don't really like taking blood. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, I have like my mom, my grandma are both, we're both nurses and then my aunt's a nurse practitioner. So I'm very well, well aware of what's involved. So I think them leading me into counseling, something still in the somewhat medical field, but not as invasive was probably the right choice for me. Yes. Oh, it's interesting. I have the similar background history. Like I started off with my associates. I got my bachelor's. I took like three years off and then finally it was like, it's time to go back to school. But I've been out. Well, I guess that has been going on 13 years too. 
Yeah. Right. It doesn't seem like that long ago. I'm like, oh, because I'm still in touch with some of the people I went to graduate school with. We talk off and on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been 11 and a half years. I graduated in May of 09. I'm just like, where did the time go? Yeah, I was January of 08. Yeah, yeah. it just flies. I'm like, I can't believe where I'm at today. It's can't believe I've been counseling for 12 years. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. It's nuts. All right. Awesome. Okay. And what brought you to Washington? I'm from Washington State originally. So okay. I was born and raised here and then moved around the U.S. a little bit and then um, came back home. And I'm involved in the community that I live in. And um, work brought me back. So I'm a therapist on a military installation. So nice. Well, tell me a little bit about the community. I know you are highly involved in some stuff going on in Lakewood, is it? Or with the, Philip, the book? Philip, actually. Okay. Yeah, so I'm on several different. I'm on a planning commission, and then I'm involved. I'm also on a diversity and inclusion um, board for the Silicon Historical Museum Association, and then um, I just volunteer at various events in town. And I'm trying to think about what else I do in town. I put up a little free library a few years ago. I'm usually Frosty the Snowman for the town, but that's been canceled this year. <laughs> So I'm really bummed at that. I helped out another recent event. So um, that's something else, I guess, is uh, for me, I really think it's important to give back to the community as well as, you know, granted, um, we all need to make money and pay bills, but I think it's important to also give back and to be involved. And then I also teach at a small university and there I am, um, I'm an adjunct psychology professor, but, um, and this is also unpaid, but um, again, getting back, but I'm there uh, that we just started it. So we, it's a startup, but we are official now, but I'm on their, I'm their faculty advisor for NAMI, which is mm -hmm. the National Alliance for Mental Illness. So I'm working with those students and we now are up and running. So I'm their faculty advisor. So that's been okay. kind of exciting. We just started that this semester. So that's a little different from the town I live in, but it, again, kind of just, being involved in community, volunteer work, outreach, and those types of things. Okay. I want to know how we are the same age, I think, and you have all this energy to do all this stuff. It's amazing. Like, I you're just tired. like, go, go, go. <laughs> I get tired. But <laughs> when you talk about that, something that dawned on me, it's interesting we're doing this this week. So the anniversary of my mom's death, or not her death, was in August, but her birthday is this Thursday. And so it's Thanksgiving Day, too. So that always brings up some feelings. But I actually think that her death, which was about six and a half years ago, she died when I was just five days after I turned 38. Um, that's the thing propelled me. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, you know, the stories we tell ourselves and what's our truth and our reality. If you we did this a month ago, I may not even be thinking about that. But at the end of the day, I really think that that has greatly impacted choices that I've made and um, decisions and kind of pushed me in certain directions because she's no longer with us. But mm -hmm. um, because of that, I also am propelled and I think it gives me energy for, I guess you could say. Nice. Good. Well, tell me, let's take a step back. You mentioned a free book. What was a free book? Our little free library. Yes. Free library. What is that? So Little Free Library, I put it up at Perkins Park in the town I live in. Again, that was in honor of my mom. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, it's basically a program that you can um, purchase. It's like, I don't it's like a book box. Mm -hmm. It's like a little bird feeder, except it's for humans. Mine doesn't have food, but it has books. <laughs> and it's right by a little ferry. And I petitioned the town and they were willing to work with me. And then we put up the little library um, in her honor. So that was really 
really nice and special. And I love going by there and seeing and bringing books and people donate books to me. And um, the gentleman, I wrote an article about it a few years ago and the gentleman um, that was in charge of it also did it in honor of his mother as well, who also passed away from cancer. So that was kind of a neat, um, and him and I actually corresponded a couple times. That was pretty neat. Yeah, I thought I saw one of those when I was working in Kent, Washington, when I first moved up there. And I thought that was strange because here in Arizona, you don't see those. And oh. I, and I saw one in Kent when I was doing my walk, my, like during my lunch, there was one in the neighborhood. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I really so. like it. And it's been it's been fun. And it also is like just brings communities together. And pe I get like when I jog by. Sometimes I'll see people going in there and like, I don't say anything, but my heart feels happy. So it's kind of been a fun, it's fun for me too. I love seeing people utilize it. Yeah. Nice. How That's fun. Nice. Yeah. At first I was like, what, what the hell is this? I was like trying to grab, like grasp my mind, wrap it around it. Cause you know, you don't see that here in Arizona. That's like unheard of, I think of. Um, awesome. Okay. So let's move on a little bit. Cause you, the whole mind body connection, you, you're started in yoga. What got you going in yoga? So I've been a yoga teacher for, gosh, I have to think it's been a few years now. Um, actually, I started doing yoga when I was in graduate school, probably like as far as a regular routine around 2008. And I really enjoyed it. And I had looked into doing programs. I used to live in Texas and I looked into programs there and just never worked out. It did here. Mm -hmm. and I'm a 200 RYT, which is registered yoga teacher. And then I'm actually, I don't know if I told you, I'm in school for my 300. Uh, so no. I should be finishing that in probably the spring. And that will put me as a 500 RYT. So then I'll be a 500 hour because you add the two and the three together. So I've been taking classes on like um, Kundalini yoga, um, restorative yoga, a lot of justice um, and yoga diversity issues. They even had one for your core. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just, it's just a variety of classes. It's, it integrates both the physical and then also psychological piece, you know, the mind body and even the um, different books and texts that are important to yoga. So it's been really rewarding. I'll be probably, even though I'm going to be glad I don't have to spend the money, I'm going to probably miss it a little bit. I miss, I like the community of, you know, in yoga. Yeah. So what's the difference between the two, 300 and the 500 level? Like what's as 500 level is the two and 300 together. So 200 level is like the beginner level. Just mm -hmm. a lot of teachers are 200 and I, I'm not trying to minimize that at all. But if you get the 300, you just add the two together. There are some programs that are strictly 500, but most are two. And then you take the three. So it just means that it's a higher level. Like you've experienced more, um, you know, when I say classroom work, um, it may denote certain things if you have certain specialties or whatnot. Like I've taken some special trainings, like I mentioned, I'm really also into the trauma piece. I've taught actually for three yoga schools now, um, a several hour for their 200 YTT students. I've taught mm -hmm. several different trainings where it counts nice. to them as um, yoga teachers about trauma and yoga. And, um, and now I'm also kind of moving into like the diversity and justice piece as well. So what's that? Just like diversity and justice. So in other words, like in a yoga studio, do you feel welcomed? Mm. And what kind of mats are there? Um, what messages, even if it's not obvious, are being sent? Those types of things. Because many people associate yoga with a certain appearance. Like Caucasian. Yes. Yeah, see? Tall, and skinny, so, long. Yes. Exactly. Versus like 
is your body type, you know, how do you feel when you walk in? And if we're promoting positive body image, but we have like lots of diet information up front. So in other words, not that we're not, you can't promote a healthy diet, but if you're pushing like weight loss. So again, yeah. it's all these different messages. So am I welcoming you? Is it mixed messaging? And so there's just a lot of discussion about inclusion in yoga. And if we're creating spaces for all people, even when race, gender, um, body, all these different types of things um, that are being evaluated. And I think we're moving somewhat in that direction. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. Cause when I think of yoga, I think of skinny, very flexible people <laughs> and usually Caucasians. Yes. So um, yeah. Okay. And then, so let's go back a minute for the trauma. Tell me a little bit more about what you're doing with like, what is trauma yoga? So just like trauma-informed yoga, so I've taken like yoga behind bars and then something also called TCTSY, which is trauma-center trauma um, training. It was a 20-hour. But just about, so in other words, are we, when we're in yoga classes, re-traumatizing people by the words we use? Um, so I use a lot of things like invitational language, when you're ready, if you like, this may feel like. So in other words, when I do a stretch, I may mention I'm noticing you know, sensation down the side of my body versus you will feel or um, you, you may notice. So rather than me telling you what you should be experiencing, I'm allowing you to experience it and guiding you. And I also encourage people, um, this is another big thing with the trauma um, sensitive yoga too, is to also stay in a certain position. If you want to lie on your back and be in yoga class, that's fine. And I always tell people, I remember one time I had ran, it was actually on JBLM, and I had run like four miles on the treadmill. I'm super hot. I probably shouldn't have done it. And I went into the yoga class and I felt nauseous. Well, I laid, I did some movement and I laid on the mat and I felt so uncomfortable. All I was doing was lying down in Shavasana, but I didn't feel that that was allowed. And not that she said anything, but there's this, I didn't want to drop out of class um, mm -hmm. and I was able to pick it up in about five minutes, but I needed to lay down. And a lot of people don't feel like they can just lie down for a few minutes. And so that's part of the trauma sensitive is to allow people. And I remind them at any time, if you want to go back into a child's pose or lay on your back. And mine was simply because I was overheated. I, I really felt nauseous, but yeah. lying there, I kept looking around. I was like, Ooh, I didn't feel, I'm sure no one even, bothered but again it's about that invitational language and encouraging people to do what they need in the class um and of course safety you know i want people to be safe yeah. but um allowing people to experience what they need to experience in the class versus me simply telling them if that makes sense yeah i like hearing these things because i i definitely push a lot of yoga i wouldn't push yoga but i recommend it a lot for like perinatal um pregnancy during pregnancy and then um like stress depression anxiety just to go in and and the stretching and actually for people who are just starting off for fitness wanting to weight like lift weights those types of things or looking to lose weight i'm like you know go do logo it's lower impact and i think some of my clients who are on the heavier side tend to shy away from that as well and just because they're in their mind they're thinking everyone yoga looks like this Barbie doll over here, you know, and they don't have to. And I always remind people too, and there's certain poses and I'm a yoga teacher that I still greatly struggle with, or I don't even attempt. And I always remind people too, you know, I've been doing this 
for gosh, like 12 years having a regular practice. So if I touch my toes, I always remind people, you may touch your thighs. Maybe it's the mat below you. It could be your shins and maybe it's your feet rather than reach up, exhale, reaching for the toes. You know, I remind people that if you stretch and your hands are on your thighs, that's okay. Um, because again, it takes time in order to get that flexibility, just like with muscles too. I mean, I'm not going to have large muscles, but people mm -hmm. may feel uneasy if they can't reach. And there's certain postures and I'm a yoga teacher that I struggle with. And so I always remind people of that too. I also say those are the postures I need to be practicing more because a lot of times it's easy to say, well, it's hard or I can't flex. I'm not flexible that way. Okay, I have some injuries, but you know, here or there, and I respect those and listen to my body. But at the same time, am I just giving in because I don't like it and it's uncomfortable? So just kind of having that internal dialogue with yourself and kind of touching base frequently to see. So I think those are some good factors. And I apologize, there's my dogs in the background. Oh, how's he doing? He's doing okay. We were at the vet. He was getting his sub Q fluids. Um, yeah. Just a few minutes. Yeah, about an hour ago. So we got home from that. So yeah, he has stage um, two. We'll see. Knock on wood, he has a bubble today, stage two kidney disease. But he's 15. So um, he's holding strong bladder stones. He has several heart disease. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> but he's still well. like, he's happy. And the vet keeps saying, like, you know, they told me it'd be a lot sooner than they thought. But he's, as you can tell, holding on. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh, all right. Um, you mentioned a while ago about, I thought you mentioned something about trauma with the military. Am I, did I misunderstand that? Did I misread I've that? Some trauma, well, I've taken some trauma informed classes with um, connected warriors. So I took some trauma informed yoga training specifically okay. with the military and I have taught but not much trauma-informed on base, but it's been limited. Okay. Like I've taught for PT. Um, I've taught the trauma-informed class on JBLM, but it's only been a couple times. And I've also taught to some families and kiddos too that are military. So, all right, good. I had a, I totally got distracted by the dog. I had like a whole stream of thought going on and I'm like, oh, puppy. <laughs> yeah, he gets sorry. It gets <laughs> Yes, because that was another thing. We would have had dogs the same age. And unfortunately, I had to put Madison down, who would have been 15 right now. So, um, yeah, we just had so many things that line up. Um, like I said earlier, um, we worked together, and that's kind of how we met. And I went to the realm of personal training, and Liz went into the realm of yoga. So I think it's kind of cool that we've just without knowing we were just kind of following like the same path, the whole mind body connection, the passion about it and the passion behind it and all that good stuff. So um, I know I had another question. I can't think of it. Totally distracted. What were we talking about before? <laughs> we're talking, we well, asked me a little bit about the soldiers and about um, trauma, but before aware, yeah. and then the invitational language, um, I think you were kind of touching base on that as well. Oh, and that's true. Because no matter, like my weight fluctuates a lot. So even when I'm on a lighter weight, I am not flexible whatsoever. I get excited when I can touch my toes. So I've never been big on yoga because a lot of yoga poses hurt. So I tend to go in other realms. So I can kind of understand why people don't want to do those types of things. And if it and, hurts, uh, don't do it. 
I always say like only go to what's comfortable or maybe when your back starts to arch, just notice where that happens. Like if you have a straight back and you might be up higher than you think. And I always remind people too, like it's your yoga mat, not comparing ourselves to our neighbor and not comparing to, you know, anybody in the room, just doing your practice and mm -hmm. some teachers. And I personally at home, sometimes I just close my eyes. Um, if there's a, what do I say, a um, mirror in front of you, that can be very distracting. And so I tell people, of course, um, certain balancing postures are very difficult. It adds another um, avenue, very difficult um, if you have your eyes closed, but it can provide just something else for you. And same with the mirror, just close your eyes and flow. Um, there's mm -hmm. certain things like sun salutations, Surya Namaskars, they would call them. And um, sometimes I'll just let it go and just flow, close my eyes and have my own personal practice. Cause you know, you know what the rhythm is or what you're doing for lack of a better phrase. So you don't always have to have your eyes open, just close your eyes and um, listen in for the cues and maybe even just open them when you need. That can also be really relaxing, just kind of letting go of the external stimuli, especially now when we're online so much and engaged in um, media and Zoom calls and all of that. I tell people a lot of times, like, just close your eyes, you know, when we're lying in this posture. You don't have to listen. I mean, just listen. You don't have to observe me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was in, let's say, when I was working there, I was taking classes on base with... I cannot think of her name. She was another Inflock. Um, it was with her. I think she's the one that taught the yoga. Hmm. And I actually, what is her name? She she quit before I left because she moved to another DOD position. Um, I remember we were talking about, but I can't remember her. I know she yes. would speed walk, and I would have to jog to keep up with her. Like it was. <laughs> It was nuts. Her walking was so fast. Um, but I took it enough that I started getting a little bit better and a little bit better and learning how I had to modify some of the poses to, because my hips and stuff like that. But yeah, I haven't done much on my own since. So definitely you're going to have to look back into it. I've got one yoga DVD play uh, that has like yoga and Pilates on it, but I usually do just the 20 minute thing. And I noticed the more I do it, yes, the better I get. It's just have to get into the habit of doing it and just being consistent with it like everything else with your health right right and there's so, so, much, there's so much content online right now that's free too um i'm involved in yoga collective of yakima which is in central washington they offer spanish and english language classes and i have a few recorded they have us on live but there's they record them i have a few recorded sessions on there i'm doing something small for them on giving tuesday which is december 1st not that i'm trying to plug it but just there's so much content too online. Um, yeah. And like, definitely I can put the link on that in the, the show notes for that for anyone who's interested. Cause yes, yeah, definitely. Cause I do get a lot of people asking me where to find stuff. Like not just, I get a lot more questions for lifting, but I also get yoga as well. So definitely I can put those. Free. Sorry, yeah. It's free. That, I mean, <laughs> so it's just something that they offer um, and for Spanish language too. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Nice. All right. Uh, is there anything that, well, now that you've mentioned plug, is there anything you'd like to plug, like any kind of yoga you do or anything you want to put out for people to find you? Or is there? Um, if they're interested in following me on Facebook, I am at Liz Gracier or on yoga. Um, they can follow me. I believe it's at Liz. Sorry, I'm kind of being put on the spot. And I didn't. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can... still at work. I'm trying. I'm 
and I'm grading midterm or final papers too. So I'm sorry. I but can I grab the information list. later and stick it in the okay. show notes. So sure, as well. Yoga. I just got an Instagram and I know that you're supposed to have Instagram and my college students are like Facebook. So I, <laughs> right. I We're being old. <laughs> yeah. I don't let them, they are not friends of mine, but when I mention social media and I say Facebook, they're like, it's Instagram now. So I'm always like, okay. So I finally got on Instagram. I don't have much content on there. But that is where I'm posting a lot of um, different things that I'm doing. But right now, like I mentioned, things are kind of shut down. Previously, I've taught yoga out on the coast. I've taught yoga with alpacas. I mean, I've had quite, it's opened so many opportunities for me. Mm -hmm. But COVID, all of that has been shut down. And so I've been doing more studio next summer. I'm hopeful of um, 2021. We'll see. I'm not going to make plans yet. But that I can get back into doing some of that because yoga has allowed me to travel and have some really awesome um, experiences that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Awesome. Yeah. I'm Yes. I'm hoping the same. I'm seeing stuff closing down and, and I'm just be because the first time everything shut down, I lost it. Like I gained 18 pounds during COVID, this, the first span of it. And I was already on path. I had the weight loss. Now I'm trying to get back to where I was before and then keep going on. And I was home all the time. Mentally, it was just a struggle. So like Dave and I are coming up with um, plans for me and I want to do more plans for everyone else. Like I started the squat challenge for November. I have a challenge for Jan uh, December already set up just for people to start doing things at home to keep them active because not being able to get out and do yoga, not being able to get out, go to the gym or be active, it does really play with your head in a way. So I think I just went off on a tangent, but. No, it's okay. I bought a used treadmill before this happened. And so that's been great. And I have a little JBL speaker. So I listen to my music and um, run, but I'm listening more to my body too. Um, my weight has pretty much maintained, been maintained like the same where I was at before, but my comment is I'm listening more to my body. I used to force myself because I've, I've worked a lot of hours. I'll just put mm -hmm. it, I probably work 60 hours a week or more. And so when I would hit the um, treadmill or even go to the gym, I would always run because I had limited time. I can only work out four days a week or whatnot. And so when I was there, I hit it hard. And now because I'm homebound, I have more flexibility. And so there's days I might listen to my body and walk three miles instead of force myself to run. Mm -hmm. And so I also think I look back at maybe what I was doing beforehand because I did have more of a limited schedule. I mean, I would work full time and then teach in the evenings. Plus then, um, and that wasn't every week, but two nights a week. Plus then oftentimes teach yoga on the weekends. If I hit the treadmill or the gym, I was going to make it, you know, work. And I yeah. work hard. And so I'm listening more, which is like, okay, I'm tired. Or I don't feel quite like running five miles today. You know, why don't I just walk on the treadmill for a mile? Or maybe I run at a five. I mean, I'm just, it's been amazing. And I feel like it's impacted my energy, everything, like my entire day versus forcing myself because you only have four days to work out and you got to make sure you get your miles in. So yes, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Definitely. I work with people and like paying attention to the body when their body tells them to rest, not when their mind tells them they need to rest, but when their body does. And definitely with that aspect, because before COVID, I was um, 
I was in the process of working as a counselor and then quitting that working as a personal trainer. But then I was doing coaching through the Y as well. And then working on my own and then training other people, which I would end up working out with them half the time. And I was constantly go, go, go. And I think that's why I lost weight. But I also in my head still had to work out, even though I worked out with a client because I still need my time and not realizing everything I was doing was just building up and, it adds to it. the more you do, you are the more active you are. It's still healthy. You got to keep that in consideration when you're thinking about your your fitness as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And I've really had to like evaluate. I don't know how I was doing what I was doing. I think back because now, you know, being more homebound and working from home, but and I was doing teaching some yoga in the studios that did change in the last couple months. But I was working like every Tuesday on average a 14 hour day. And I just think back, like, how was I managing that? So, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm doing some of my own, like, this has been a good time to do as people say, like self-evaluation of, and I have been doing that. I've been at the university I'm at four and a half years, which I can't believe, but I've been doing that for four and a half years. So I think now that I've, I'm teaching online it's going to be, I'm going to have to really evaluate that. Um, I'm already teaching online for the spring, but in the fall, I don't even think I ever realized. And I drive back down there on Thursdays as well and go teach. So I think this has been a good lesson for me to look at how am I spending my energy and then what am I doing and teaching at the university? I will continue, but some of the extra yoga jobs I was doing, um, I may be evaluating a little bit more just because we only have so much energy. Definitely. And it starts to taper the older we get. I'm noticing that. I don't know where all my energy is going. In fact, I, I'm going to go follow up with the doctor on that one. But I think it's all hormonal issues for the 40s that I'm dealing with. But it's there's so much more I want to do. And I started doing stuff from home. And that's mixed, tripping me up a little bit with my health. Because I work very well with the schedule and I know it's human behavior. A lot of people, a lot of the clients I work with, I know the ones who don't have a schedule tend to get thrown off. That's where their health issues come into play. And I'm the prime example. I saw that this year and having to have some kind of schedule is important and not leaving the house. I wasn't paying that much attention to make maintaining a schedule for myself. So definitely I've learned I need to do that for self-care. I got to schedule in my time for work. I got to schedule time in for school because I'm back in school again. I got to schedule time to get out of the house. Um, we even talked about walking the dog twice a day. So I, or going to the gym doing uh, two a days for gym. So I'm out of the house moving and then coming back in. Cause it's not like my house is that big. I don't walk around that much in my house cause it's like 26 feet long. <laughs> right. And I think it's important. I was just going to mention not to, get on about the health issue, but I had some heart feelings, I guess you could say like sensations. And I was like, okay, is this anxiety? What's going on? And come to find out I'd have something. It's very regular in the mid forties, but it's called PVC. I have an irregular heartbeat. Yeah. my started so, in the early thirties. Yeah. yeah I've got I, it too. See, and that, but I mean, I explained it away like, oh, it's COVID or Maybe it's anxiety because of COVID, but these sensations. And once I found out what it was, it normalized it. But I think like it's, especially now, it's so important in when you're in your mid forties or whatnot to get checked up mm -hmm. because I just explain so much away like, oh, it's just, it's an, probably anxiety, but I've never had these, like I call it like butterflies or sensation, but it's fine. But I still went to the cardiologist. Now I know I'm okay. They're going to keep an eye on it, but it's just like, 
new things keep happening. Um, so that's why I think it's important. So they have a yes. baseline because now I'm like, oh, okay, it's not anxiety because I thought that was the first yeah. thing I thought. Like I'm just having some nervousness, and they're like, no, it's not about being nervous at all. It's it's real. Like not that being nervous isn't a reason to have heart yeah. patient, but it is actually like a physical problem, but yeah. So go to the doctor is what I guess I'm saying. Yes. Well, with my PVC, it tells my body tells me when I'm not trading it. Right. It's amazing. Like I don't feel mine until I'm like dehydrated and then I start to stress. Like as soon as I start to dehydrate, my body's like something's wrong and it's a big thump. Like I can feel it. And so it reminds me self-care and to take care of my body and not neglect myself, you know? So when I feel it, I'm like, I have to do a body check. Okay. What am I eating? What am I drinking? Am I drinking too much pop and coffee? Do I need more water? You know? Um, and I've noticed with me, I have to have plain water, like flavored waters. My body doesn't respond the same. I have to have plain water in addition to everything else. Like it's it. So basically mine tells me to do a self check <laughs> when I feel it. Mine's still too new. I don't think I know enough. I want to say it started maybe this summer. So I, I can't, I don't, I can't correlate anything. And mine's, I feel like fairly regular several times a day, at least that I sense mm -hmm. it, feel it, but it's, I haven't noticed any type of a pattern yet, but again, it's probably been. Maybe it's new for months. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I've had mine it. for over 10 years, so it comes and goes. Like I can go for a long period without feeling it. And then I'll go through like a month of feeling it a lot. And I usually, after a while, you'll start to correlate it with something. And I think that's just also on that note, our bodies do the same thing. You know, when your gut starts acting up, you need to take a look at what you're doing. You know, if you start getting more headaches, what are you doing? You know, especially the older we get, the more our body yells at us and tells us when <laughs> something's not right. I agree. So. Yeah. So. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All the joys of aging, but you can gracefully, <laughs> right. And make choices to, um, try to stay healthy and mm -hmm. continue. And I don't feel old. That's the other thing. I remember my parents telling me that. And I'm like, now it's me. I'm like, I don't feel old, but I'm also noticing small things. Like when I drive, my mom used to turn the radio off and be like to concentrate. And I'd be like, you can listen to the radio and drive. And I'm doing like, I, I'm, definitely like when I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, I turn the radio off. So it's just small things like that as far as distractions. And also like it is healthy to actually only do one thing um, at a time rather than mm -hmm. multitask. It's great to um, unitask, just doing one thing and being mindful as you do it versus um, engaging in, and we all multitask at times, right? But it's also yeah. healthy to just feel your feet on the ground or even aware of what you're doing. Do you know where you're at? Like when you're in the shower, I always mention that, you know, do you even know you're in the shower or you already started your work day in your mind? So just mm -hmm. even small things like that. Definitely. Definitely. Stress. Yeah. These have started for me. I just never me thought. I've <laughs> always had great eyesight. And yeah. So, but okay. This has been a great conversation. Now I am going to put you on the spot. I do have a question. Tell me what comes to mind, either like a couple words or a sentence when you think about healthy. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Probably I would go with mental and then physical. Those are just two, as you mentioned that. Okay. It, it encompasses 
those aspects. But if I can't get healthy mentally first, how am I going to affect myself physically? In other words, I have to even get there mentally to even make those types of changes. Nice. I like that. Nice one. Thanks. Yeah, I think I'm going to start asking that question. After. You're the first one. <laughs> I think I'm going to start asking that question after every podcast and just see you know, what comes to people's minds. That's, I like that one. Definitely mental. It, it is true. I did integrated behavior health for like seven years working with doc patients in doctor's offices about like the whole mind body connection and like diabetes, high blood pressure, having to work with the mental health health side of it to get them to focus on getting healthier physically. So I like that. Nice. Yeah. I just think it's so much more because, and because even being thin doesn't mean you're healthy. So that's where it's like the mental piece, like, and not just mentally, like going to the gym, but where are you at? Mm -hmm. Are you content in life? Are you where, you know, how are things going and what do you need to do to change or come to terms with the life that you currently have? So nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for again joining. I really appreciated this. Appreciate it. And great to see you in Arizona and um, greetings from Washington and have a wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday. Thanks. You too. I'll see you later. Bye, everybody.